All right, this morning we're speaking to Ramona Dutch. She's a mom of two. You have an 18-year-old son and a 22-year-old daughter. Wow. Yeah. How are you, Ramona? Thank you so much for speaking to us. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. Now, uh, like I said, uh, your kids are now 18 and 22, so you've gone past the teenage phase. But tell us yes, about I, tell us about I survived, your kids. I survived the first one. I'm still going through the second one. <laughs> Still just 18. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about your kids. Okay, um, Lizel is 22, uh, as you know. Um, she's currently pursuing her master's degree, master's in professional counseling. Wow. Liam is about to start his degree course in physiotherapy. So, yeah, both of them are still in uni. Wow. Okay. But yeah. what were some of the challenges, major challenges you face with your kids while they were growing up? Uh, Liesl, when she was growing up, was actually very introverted. She was very shy. She was very clingy, you know. I would get calls over the phone. I regret the day I gave her my phone number because she used to call me every day at work. To give me some sort of excuse as to why she didn't want to go to school. So she was, you know, she was quite a handful. Um, emotionally, you know, she just wanted me with her all the time. Um, Liam, on the other hand, was just happy-go-lucky, you know. He was just happy with his friends and he was a complete opposite of Liesl. So, yeah, that was... Some of, you know, that was my main challenge with Liesl when she was growing up. Okay, so your your boy didn't give you any problems at all growing up? Um, no, no, growing no, visit, up. no visits to the principal's <laughs> office or things like that? No, no, no. No, he, he was a different cattle altogether. He, yes, he did. He, you know, he was just so playful, you know. He, to a point where we got very scared because he just couldn't read. You know, we taught him at home, we sent him for reading classes and he just couldn't read. So I, I actually thought there was something wrong with him. And um, it was only much later, it was almost overnight, just like that, he started reading, you know. It, it was at what by age? then he, he was already in, I think, standard two. Okay. So it was it was a very scary period for us. And on top of that, he was in Chinese school, and we couldn't help him. So, yeah, but yeah, that was his his um that was the problems we had with so him. He, he was a slow starter, but look at him now. I mean, he's like studying physiotherapy. Yeah, I think he's a late bloomer. We would like to believe that because the day he came back with a string of A's, we were like, huh, is this <laughs> child? Are you sure? I told my, my, I actually told my husband, please, and you know, s scroll up, see whether we got the right result slip or not. Is it really Liam? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it yeah. was easier to manage them as children or as teenagers? Um, you know, at every step of the, you know, their, their, their growing up years, at every single step, there were different, different sets of challenges. Mm. It was almost as if the challenges had age groups, you know? Yeah. Uh, at this age group, okay, it's this set of challenge. At another age group, is another different set of challenges. So when they were younger, yes, 
they had no choice but to listen to you mm. you know you tell them you have to do this finish your meals finish your homework call people when you see them so they had no choice but to to listen to you but now that they are grown they can turn around and say no i don't want to you tell them to do something they'll just outright tell you no i don't want to or why i don't want to Mm. Especially Liam, he will come up with a list of justification to tell me why he wants to do something, why he shouldn't do something. It's always, you know. So, you know, um, I suppose, yeah. Now that they are older and they're able to talk back, it's a little more challenging. But you just have to be, yeah. But as teenagers, right? Is it the tween uh, did they call it the, the 12 13 age and then is that the hardest one or is it like when they're almost becoming adults adults um i suppose in in our case in my case we all my husband and i we were lucky in the sense that we used to or we still do we talk to them all the time we always find out what they're up to, how they're feeling, you know, whether they have any problems. And and so, therefore, the transition period for us was quite subtle in the sense that we we never experienced mm-hmm. a time where they just shut, the, shut us out completely. Mm-hmm. So, so, for me, I suppose um, to... To make sure they do not um, get into this um, cocoon, you just have to constantly be present in their lives, constantly talk to them, constantly find out what they're up to, who they're with, who the friends are. So in that sense, the transition period is quite subtle. So you've never gone through any kind of like teenage rebellion period with both your childs? Uh, Lisa not so much Lisa was just a bit emotional Certain days she will just get into One of her mood swings And she'll just shut herself in the room She won't want to talk much But with Liam, yes Sometimes he will be the sweetest boy ever He'll help me with my stuff Help me carry stuff Gives me a hug But just like that, he can turn around and be the most moody boy, the angriest boy ever. It can be as simple as asking him, what would you like for dinner? And he'll just go berserk. Like, Leave me alone. I don't want to talk. You're too loud, mommy. You know, I need my space. Uh, so, so how so, did you deal with this when they have their mood swings and when they lock themselves in the bedroom and things like that? I, I leave them alone. I, I leave them alone because um, Lisa will just outright tell me, I don't want to talk now, mommy. I'm not ready to talk to you. So, you know, so when she does that, I leave her alone. Even with Liam, when he gets into one of his angry spells, I'll, I'll just leave him alone. You know, mm-hmm. that's the best thing because once they get past that, they are the ones who will come out and go, okay, I'm ready for dinner. Let's go. You know, mm. but <laughs> yeah. what if they don't get past it? Do you uh, do you go and approach them then? For example, like if your son has been in the room for a very long time, do you yeah. st- do you go and say, are you okay? You know, I I, I will I will check on him, um, but. Pretty much, they will eventually... Because I, I know him. I know what he's like. 
And I know once he's ready and he's, you know, hungry enough, he'll come out and he'll be okay. So, but it's never so, been one day after another. It's the same thing over and over. That was there ever a point where you go, "Hey, seriously, like, what's your problem?" Um, <laughs> touch wood, touch wood. Not really, no, mm. no. So it's been um a couple of days here and there, but never a, a period where you know he's just angry. No, not mm. really. So because I I really believe. If we are always present in their lives, if we always we connect, then it will not be as bad. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever had to punish your teenagers though? It's easy to punish uh, uh, when they are younger because they listen, right? Yes, But as teenagers, correct. how do you punish them for uh, for wrong things that they've done? Um, I cannot think of a time. Where they have done something so bad that it required major punishment. So um, Liam, maybe with the father, a couple of times where the father have had to say, "Okay, you're not going out this week" or something like that. But apart from that, nothing major. Yeah. Nothing really major. Yeah, probably that's the only kind of punishment you can give to a teenager, right? Just to ground them and take away their freedom. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, yes. Okay, well, but when, when you think about how you were disciplined as a teenager when you were growing up, how different is it to how you discipline your kids now? Oh, oh, it's very different. My parents, or rather, my father was really strict with us, um, but I realized. Kids nowadays, you cannot handle them like that. You really can't because they're just made differently now. Somehow, you know, um, uh, they. I, much as I hate to admit, they seem to be smarter. So, <laughs> so we have no choice but to also be very mm -hmm. smart about how we handle them. You know. But what I realize is, um, as long as there is an open channel of communication between them and us, it would be much better. It's always good to find out um, what they're up to, who they're mixing with, who their friends are. So we always make it a point to invite the friends over to our place, you know. Mm. For a pool party or to hang out, so so we know who they are mixing with and we know who these people are, whether you know they are up to no good or not, and you know it has come to a stage where we have even gone. Um, Liam came home one day and he said, "Oh, mom, guess what? So and so, one of his friends, uh, told me today he wants to be, um, he wants daddy and you to be his godparents." Oh wow! Because he. He thinks you guys are so cool, you know. And then I was like, "Wow, really?" He goes, "Yeah, all my friends think you guys are really cool." So <laughs> in that sense, my husband and I, 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 I tell him, "Oh, we must be doing something right then," you know. So being present and being very involved in their lives, I think that helps a lot. Yeah. Now speaking of friends, right? Um. Do any of your children openly tell you if they are in a relationship, like oh, yeah. boyfriend, oh, yeah. girlfriend, and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Lisa will tell me from day one, oh, I'm interested in this guy and, you know, he's this and he's that. And in a sense, they're very open with us. Liam is also like that, but he's more, uh, he's more shy, not as open. He will indirectly tell me, but yeah, they, they, they are quite open. They don't hide those kind of things from us. They will come up with, you know, asking us for advice. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think I should do? You know. Oh, that's great. So, I think we, we, we chose the right person to speak to <laughs> for raising <laughs> happy teenagers because it seems like your kids are really open and, and just well adjusted. Yeah. And they, they trust yeah. you with with everything, right? They trust you yeah. to, to talk to you about everything. But how do you gain a teenager's trust or a child's trust? Um from young, we've actually encouraged them to tell us everything. Um, we don't judge. We don't uh, outright go, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?" Are you? We don't. We don't scold them for you know telling us. Sometimes if we don't agree with what they they do or with what they they have in mind, we will just tell them, and then we will discuss and we'll come to a compromise. You know, um, like, for example, Liam, when he was 16, he, he got a scholarship to play rugby in New Zealand. And and he, he told me, oh, mom, you know, I'm here and, you know, uh, rugby players are so cool. They are really nice tattoos and I want to get a tattoo. And I was like, going, oh, my God, no, no, <laughs> not at 16. You can't, you know, you can't. But... Like I said, he'll come up with a list of justification to tell me why and how and why he really wants to. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I mean, you know, it makes sense. I can understand where he's coming from. So we don't outright tell them no. No means no. You know, we we discuss, we, we come to a compromise. So in that sense... They trust us to tell us what they want. We trust them to do the right thing. You know, you justify, you tell me, you know, we trust them. So trust is a two-way thing. You know, we can't just, you know, be one-sided with trust. So that's how we handle them. Actually, uh, so Liam is taking physiotherapy. No, no, no. Before that question, so did you let him... Get that tattoo at 16? Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had no choice. I couldn't. I Well, I he won he, with his list of justification. Exactly. And yeah. I'm wondering and we, why is, he should have taken law. <laughs> he should have, right? Yeah. But nah, nah. He's not, he's not that academic, okay? The only reason why he's taking physiotherapy is because it complements his rugby. Right. You know? Yeah. But he's got a so. winning arguments. Oh my God. I w- <laughs> if I was ever in trouble or anything, I need your son's number because he will, he will <laughs> oh help me get Oh my God. For every single tattoo, he will go, okay, this justification is this list. Another one, this justification. I. I, I cannot argue. I like him. <laughs> I don't agree. I don't agree. But at the end of the day, I cannot disagree either. So okay. Yeah, you, you look know. at the list. It's like, 
Hmm. He's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and being parents, you know, we are not always right. Mm. We cannot think we are always right. Um, um, yeah, there was a time where where um, I actually uh, Liesl excelled in in studies. You know, she did really well, and 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 she we promised her she although she did very well, but she was in a Chinese school and she hated every moment of it. She really hated it, and we told her Liesl just from standard one to standard six. That's all, you know. So when she finished her standard six, she did so well. She got into a really good uh, secondary school, and we thought, oh yay, you know, great, you know, well done. She got in there. Little did we know that secondary school was also a feeder school for all those who did really well in other Chinese schools. So it was also like a Chinese school, although it wasn't. Kids were all from Chinese schools. So when she got there, um, she was so upset with me. She she cried every day when she was in form one, and she told me, "Mummy, you lied to me. You told me just standard one to standard six, and you lied to me." And by by then, it was like, "Oh my God, what am I going to do?" You know, she's already in this school, and and one day um, she was not home. I went into her room and I found all this. Little little notes crumpled on on the floor, and I was wondering what these notes were. So I actually picked one up and I started reading, and 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 she was like, "I hate my life. I hate school." And it was just all all. She was just so angry, and 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 some were really really bad. Some of the notes. So I was really really scared because. Growing up, I actually uh, I had a friend who was doing so well in school, and one day he just snapped, and you know he just went overboard, and I was so scared that this was going to happen to Liesel, and you know she'll get into depression because I felt I failed her because we were not thorough enough in 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 looking, you know. Um, at the background, checking the background of the school and stuff like that. So parents do make mistakes too. So we just have to make sure we make it right after that. So how did you rectify that situation? Did you take her out from that school? So, so, yes, eventually we did. I told her just just finish form one diesel. Just give me a bit of time to look for another school for you. So after that, I was very thorough. I looked. And I checked, and I was extremely thorough. So we took her out, and we put her into an English medium private school, and she excelled. After that, it was like overnight she bloomed into a different person. So, so we just have to know when we have made a mistake and try to rectify the situation. And 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 parents. Do make mistakes too, and we must know when to apologize. I know of um, some parents who think no parents should not apologize. Why should we apologize to our children? And I think that is wrong. I mean, if we are wrong, we must know we are wrong, and we must know when to apologize. So, in that sense, my kids they they know they can trust us to know when we are wrong. But if yeah. you don't mind me asking Ramona, because uh, I mean, you let your son get the tattoo, you let your daughter change school when she didn't like it. It seems like they get whatever they want. 
But is it what you want though as a parent? Um, the school one eventually yes because um, I I knew deep down the Chinese medium school was not right for her. It just really didn't you know fit yeah. her. But being a you know kiasu parents, oh you know she must know how to speak Mandarin, write Mandarin, you know. Mm. But um, after that, I knew. It, it just wasn't right for her, yeah. and and the fact that she bloomed after going to this other school, I knew, yeah, you know, we were wrong anyway. But do you think you're Ian, pretty? You're a pretty lenient parent in that sense that you let your kids do what they want. Sometimes, sometimes I think so, but when I see how they are outside, then I realize, okay, I think they are turning out to be. Good kids. I mean, yes, we are, we are lenient. Well, to a certain extent, we will still, you know, pull them back. Um, okay, I let you do this, but you know, doesn't mean you get your way all the time. Now get back to your books. Mm. You know, mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, well, we are lenient, but we also know when to pull back. When it's really not right, is when we, yeah, we show our true colors too. I guess the proof is in the pudding. Since you have two good kids and they're already, uh, and they they pass their teenage years with very little, I guess, trouble. <laughs> but yeah, what? Touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, but but what yeah. you say is the most important thing for parents to do to ensure that their teenagers grow up to be good. And um, you know, contributing members of society. I think lead by example. You know, always lead by example because um, my husband and I are quite active with charity work, and from young we involve them. You know, we we make sure they are part of whatever we do, and we used to bring them to orphanages and stuff like that to show them. You know, look. You guys are so lucky. There are so many out there who are, you know, less fortunate than you guys. So mm. give back. You know, whenever you can give back, it's always better to give than to receive. We've always we've always drummed that into them. So leading by example, being very very involved in their lives, always connecting with them, make sure we are always present. I think that is. The most important, whatever it is, they must know we have their back. That is the most important. They know they can always come back to us, rely on us. That is the most important thing. But Ramona, yeah. you know that you've got two great kids, right? And your technique would probably not work for every teenager out there because there's some really bad teenagers out there, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a parent's fault, but. Do you see in some cases there that there are some benefits to you know they say spare the rod spoil the child right? Do you see some benefits to being a bit more uh, tough on kids? Uh, yeah, but again, you see, the only reason why they turn out like that is probably because they end up mixing with the wrong people. Parents were not there to guide them. That's why they ended up like that. Mm. So if the parents were always present, if the parents knew who they were mixing with, I don't believe they would turn out like that, you know? 
So, so and different all. children require different approach when it comes to yes, discipline. Exactly. I think, yeah. yes, exactly. Because between Liesel and Liam, both have to be treated differently. They are complete polar opposites. You but, know, but so, you're not a fan of the rod, lah. Definitely. Um, I have. I cannot remember a time where. I have actually used it on them. I have threatened them with one before. My friends always laugh at me. You only use and show them, and then you start whacking the bed next to them. Like you are rubbish, like you. You know they tell me that. But yeah, I I cannot remember a time where I've used it. Maybe once when I really lost it. I I really can't remember. But maybe one time, mm. or maybe not at all. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But are you relieved now that Liesel is an adult, or or is it a different set of worries now? Oh yes, it's a different <laughs> set of worries now. Like I said, you know, it's as if the challenges go by um, different age group. Yeah. So there's always there's always challenges, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think when you become a parent, it never you the way you care for your child, it, it will never stop. It's always Different, different things to worry about. So, what is your worry with Liesel now? Ah, uh, with Liesel right now, it's like, um, is she okay in her love life? You know, is she okay handling her master's degree? Um, can she cope? So things like that. With Liam, it's like, oh my God, he's gonna start his degree soon, and you know, is he ready for it? Is he serious enough? He's still his playful, happy-go-lucky self. So yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as as a mother of young children right now, right? I cannot imagine the time when you know my daughter is twenty-two and my son is eighteen. It just, it just like I cannot imagine the time. What kind of worries I'll have at that time? Yeah, when I was your age, I also thought the same thing, Belle. <laughs> you know, you will be okay. Don't worry because it's not like overnight they will change. As long as you're present in their lives, the transition is actually quite subtle. So you know, it's always it's almost like they prepare you for the next challenge. So don't worry. Okay. Well, well. Last year on your birthday, your daughter actually wrote the sweetest dedication to you on Facebook. Let me just read it out loud for you. Oh my god! <laughs> just okay. before your birthday ends, happy birthday once again, Mama dearest. In all the years you've been my mother, you've shown me only the best example of how to be kind. The lengths you go to to help others is honestly appalling, and I don't know how you do it, but I know that when I grow up, I want to be just like you. So here's to the woman who still asks me, "Do you want to open my presents on her birthday?" Because she is that selfless. This one is for you. Oh, listening yeah, to this that. as we read it, you know, like how did you feel about this message from your daughter? Oh my god! Of course, I was so, you know, I was really, really touched, and it really, okay, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but it made me feel very good. I think it's yeah. the biggest compliment when your daughter says that 
she wants to grow up to be like you. That is the biggest compliment yes. ever. I, I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've done a terrific job with your kids. Um, what's your advice to parents who are actually dreading the teenage years? Like what I said just now, just be present, be available to them, always have their back. Um, make sure you know who they're mixing with. Get to know their friends, speak their lingo. Sometimes Liam speaks to me in English, but I have absolutely no idea what he's talking about. You know? <laughs> so I have to turn to Liesl and go, what, what did he just say? You know, just try to speak their lingo, you know, you humor them, you know, make them feel good. But really get to know them and be their best friends, I suppose. But when you need to be a parent, be a parent. But when you can, be their best friends. Should we yep. dread, like ch- uh, parents with young children now, should we dread the teenage years? Or should we welcome it with open arms? Um, I think you should welcome it. I mean, give them the benefit of the doubt. Not all teenagers end up being horrible and, you know, terrible you know not all of them will turn out like that just give them the benefit of the doubt love them and you know be present and you know they will turn out well so don't worry too much as long as they as long as they know you love them you have their back they will be okay now that you're a mom to teenagers uh do you wish you could go back to being a teenager and and maybe do things differently with your mom when you were a teenager I don't think that would be possible, you know. Back then, it was just different, you know. Mm. Back then, it was just, I'm the parent, you are the child, just make sure, you know, you know where you stand. I know where I stand. It was just different. Mm. But now, my mom and I are the best friends, so it's okay. It turned out well. So, you know, it's just different. Back then, it was different. Now, it's different. But at the end of the day, I'm my mom is my best friend, so, yeah. Yeah, I I really want that relationship with my daughter as well, like you and your mom and you and your daughter. So you you will you will trust me. Don't worry too much. She's only nine now, but she's already giving me attitude. So (laughs) (laughs) she's already becoming a tween at nine. Yeah, you know they will have their they will have their time when they are difficult, but. You know, as long as you are you are there for them, they'll be okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ramona. That was a great chat. And uh, thank you so much for those great advice. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for reading my Liesl's note to me. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. I really made my morning. <laughs>